All right. Holy Spirit, help. Thank you. We just thank you, Lord. You are good. Your mercies endure forever. I just thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We just thank you for, for grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So Rachel was just sharing me an encounter and I was just processing it. Um, and it was interesting because Mandy just had a dream a few nights ago about time and Rachel just had a vision about time. Mandy had a dream about time with Rachel in it and then Rachel had an encounter, but Mandy wasn't in that one. Uh, and, I, and I'm just trying to process it, but basically she saw a giant, like the old, now this is gonna date some people. Who remembers the phone that you actually had to go around and let go of it? Who remembers that? She saw a giant one of these half in the earth, half above the earth. And it was about, it was connected to time. And um, basically, it's like if we're here, there was all these winged horses, fiery horses involved. But if we heed the voice of the Lord and do what He says, God was, wants us to change time. And so there's something on that. Um, and it's like just to, to process that, there's something about, uh, um, about the prophetic that is so exciting because God does His very best to communicate to us in His language and then He tries to bottleneck it through our understanding. But we actually, we gotta make sure um, that we have that spirit of ascension. We're saying, Lord, I, I know you can speak English because you know all things originate from you, but we need to speak heavenly language. This is why one of the major ways God speaks is in the, in the, in the last days, I'll put up my spirit on all flesh and people have dreams and visions. So, uh, and that's, I'll probably drill down on that a little bit uh, for another time, but the Lord is speaking to us about the, uh, um, the tension between the timeless dimension of the realm of the Spirit and Kronos time that, that we see in, in every single day. Now, uh, something I've got Ben to put up this, this scripture and it got quickened to me. We've been talking about being perfected in praise and what it is, Jesus is, is paraphrasing. I mean, He can do what He wants because He is the Logos, but He's paraphrasing from Psalms and it says, out of the mouth of infants, you've ordained strength. And, uh, uh, and then it actually talks about into his triumphal entry when the religious establishment would not praise the Lord, but the kids were crying out, Hosanna, son of David. And he says, have you, you know, it, is, it is written uh, um, that out of the mouth of infants, uh, you will perfect praise. And I think even though praising God has a very strong central application of opening your mouth and letting sound come out. For some people, some people it's melody, other people it's sound, all right? So we don't know where you are on the spectrum. Uh, that's, oh, that word's been defiled as well. But anyway, um, so basically it's, it's way more expansive than noise, okay? Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Now, we actually have to embody, it talks about laying down our lives as a living sacrifice, as a reasonable service, act of worship. What got quickened to me is we're praising God is Second uh, uh, um, Corinthians, if you wanna put that up, Ben. It says, now thanks be to God who always, always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, He diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. And rather than just going, Okay, I wanna be, be perfect. perfected in praise is working on me getting into the song. Is, working, is me working on falling in love with the melody or connecting with the lyrics. It's so much deeper than that. Is that, we, that, that the spirit of praise, which is connected to victory, joy, 
uh, um, perfection, uh, um, overcoming. That spirit we need to embody to the point you could say it, it says fragrance. Now, what happens is that let's just, if we were to reduce everything down to its core constituents in the quantum realm, everything has a frequency, uh, everything vibrates and everything resonates. It's very, really interesting, like an old, um, in regards to synchronisation, it's very, very old, I wouldn't call it an experiment, it, was, it happened accidentally, old uh, uh, guy running this, had this collection of uh, uh, clocks and grandfather clocks in Switzerland and he sits them and they're all sort of like, you know, they all gather in the one, puts them in the one room and they're all doing this at different times. But after a while they start to synchronise and then the pendulum just actually starts, they all just in, in synchronisation. And there's a level of what we've got to do is that we actually have to, we've got disharmony in the, in the fallen time-space world. But as we learn to praise the Lord, we actually start, our inner world starts to synchronise with the rhythms of heaven, with the frequency of heaven. And so this is, so, so we carry that vibration where we've synchronised our inner world and then praise just sort of happens. We were talking about people receiving miracles through praising the Lord and, and, and encounters through praising the Lord. But, but we actually have to be that, 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 that infusing of the victory of Jesus. It's so easy to get caught up in being an, just being an Australian without understanding continually in the, in, in the, you could call it the background or the foreground or the realm of the Spirit, there's a real, there's a real conflict taking place. I mean, what did I read today? I went and bought something at the shop. I don't usually look at the headlines of all the woke rubbish that's been spewed out, but I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off of this woke rubbish. And this is that from the monarchy in England all the way through to our own state parliament, they are only gonna use gender neutral pronouns from now on. Now you go, yeah, did I? I'm not sure, I might have misheard that someone, I think I said a really old fashioned word called struth, all right? That's close to truth, okay? Not quite there, but, but, but are you going, this stuff, when you, when it, 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 initially you go, I mean, we need to get into praise, but otherwise you, the lunatics will be running the asylum. I'm serious, you, 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 this, 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 like in the beginning, God created man and woman. Can someone say amen? amen. All right, so, so I'm glad we got that straightened out. Let's close in prayer. All right, so, so <laughs> but it's just crazy because, because, because where everything's going and it's so important that we are, our inner world is synchronised actually with, with actually the frequency and resonance of heaven and the victory and the, and the, the spirit of praise, it actually releases that, that, that fragrance of, of victory in the power of God. So <laughs> the world is going mad. And this is why God wants us to influence time, kairos, seasons, change, chronos and all of that. But what I wanna focus on tonight is understanding, is a spirit of understanding. And so I, what we tend to, it's very interesting because we love praising the Lord and worship. Think about how many songs you've ever sung to the Lord. I mean, like, like, like how many services you've been into, uh, been in, <laughs> you can be in one, but not into it. All right, so <laughs> I was there in body. All right, but think about all the different, like for me, 
I like, I, I, I couldn't sing them all the time, but I, I do like hymns. Okay, I, lo- I, love, I love the theology in hymns, they're, they're, you know, from crowning with many crowns to how great thou art, um, all that sort of, I, I love all that. Um, but then you got Psalms, then you got spiritual songs. And, and I remember um, when I first came to the Lord, is that, was it, was it, uh, was it Derek and Nolene Prince? Is it they were to the New Zealand couple? They wrote all the, we're talking, we're talking like a ton of songs. Um, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His footstool. Holy is He. You just, you sing that again and again. Give thanks with a grateful heart. That was about when I came to the Lord. Okay. And so all of the songs, you've probably, you yourself have probably sung thousands of different songs. Thousands. And sometimes we do mistake nostalgia for the anointing. Or sort of, sort of like, and, and that's okay, but that's all right because there is a, there is a component of emotional connection in worship. You, it's just sort of like it's got to all be in the spirit. No, 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 no. You, 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 like, like, there's a time where the, you, you, the, the singer song that you haven't hit song for ages. You just got to make sure that you're, you know, you're doing it by faith in the presence of God. But it's so much more than that. Okay, uh, it's so much more than that. Connecting to a song you like. Now, music or songs can minister to you as you, as you give it verbiage, as you actually connect it to your faith. But it's very important if we want to be perfected in praise, it says we need to connect our praise with understanding. It says with all your, it's a Solomon, he knew a thing or two. Um, um, about things, including married life, but uh, um, basically, and how not to do it. Um, and um, <laughs> basically it says, with all you get and get understanding, wisdom is the principal thing. But let's have a look at Psalm chapter 47, verses six to seven. It says, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. So the thousands of songs that we've sung, the atmosphere in, that, in the invisible world when we're singing, the anointing, what the leader is carrying, your particular season, all those different things. But then you've actually, it says to actually mix it with a spirit of understanding. So the word is, is sorcal, okay? And it actually means intelligent. Can you imagine praising God intelligently? You know, can we, fancy that. Um, and so it also, it, it also can mean expert. It means to prosper, uh, to, 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 if you're using that word in your dealings, it's prudent or prudence, discretion, to have good success and wisdom and, and to guide wittingly. So, so we are to have, to sing praises with understanding. This word, sorcal, is used 63 times. And you start to see, because sometimes like the exact application of a word isn't easy until you see its, other, see its broader applications. Sorcal, sing praises with sorcal. And so God wants us to actually be able to infuse sorcal into our praise. Now, what you have here, sorcal is actually used. It's, it's, it's synonymous, it's a synonym right, in this, in this situation. But this is a very famous Scripture where God promises an amazing succession plan, and that's in Joshua 
And then what it says, it's God's, after saying Moses, my servant is dead, right? Now it's all, all, no pressure, Joshua, it's all gonna be on your shoulders, all right? He said, but be of good courage. He says, he said, this is the, this is the instructive or the prescriptive part of the, uh, um, the exhortation. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now that's the New King James. People get it mixed up. They go, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Um, it could be, you know, it's, I remember when my wife first read this, she goes, what, she should never say the Scripture? No, 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 it means it should constantly be in your mouth. You shall constantly speak the Word of God. The, the Word of God shall be in your speech constantly, constantly. And, but, you, and, but you shall meditate in it day and night, so continually that you may uh, observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good sorcal. So understanding is actually success. Understanding is prosperity. Understanding is, is, is so many different things. But praising God isn't just, isn't just saying, oh, I love the melody and this is the top of the pops and... You know, like I, I've led my fair share of worship services and some, it's very interesting as a worship leader. How many worship leaders are here? Put up, if you've ever led worship, just wave. If you've ever led worship. Okay, so you lead worship and some song will be really hot. I mean hot. And then all of a sudden, sort of like the bell curve starts to kick in. And then, and then, and then, and then you go, oh, it's still got something on it. I'll sing it. And then you sort of squeeze the lemon a little bit. And then, or someone does that before you lead on a service. And, 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 and what happens to you, I was gonna lead that song next week and you squeeze the lemon and now it's dry, okay? And, and, and that can happen because, it's, because some songs are timeless and some songs are seasonal. And you can, you know, uh, uh, um, you know there's some songs like, and if you have a look at the CCLI, you'd be shocked at how few songs they do sing in, in some denominations in America. I mean, Top of the Pops would still be Revelation song. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Like, that's a great song, right? But, you, 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 but, but what you've got is that when you connect what you're singing with understanding, you're not just pulling off a seasonal blessing, you're actually you're actually taking that inner world and you're connecting it through melody and you're adding your, 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 your understanding to it. It's, 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 it's really, really important to know that because of all the songs we sing. You think about, like we gather together for a worship service. You know, we could, you could, um, I understand when there's ministry time, but you could listen to someone preach online. You go, yeah, but it's not the same as being live. I get it, but I tell you what, there's not even a close substitute of getting together and having a worship service and worshiping the Lord corporately. There's not even a close substitute. We've all done the you know meeting in the upper Zoom um, where we're sitting there and 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 uh, um, you know like there was it was quite weird because just when a lot of restrictions lifted, you, there's still churches all around the place choosing to meet online and not face to face. And there's no substitute, there's no substitute. You're sitting there in your PJs, you're drinking your coffee, your, your hair's sticking up like this here, and then just hitting likes and love hearts. That's not the glory. It's not. 
And so, and so that's, that's the big thing you miss out on. That's why we pushed so hard to have live meetings. Pushed so hard because even when we had 20 people, gosh, it was ridiculous. God, God was with us. But gosh, it was ridiculous. It was, do you know what, like, like when this is like, so Easter, the Easter service, or no, not the Easter service, the Good Friday service, it was so packed. It was like being downgraded to Tiger Airways, right? But when there was those restrictions, there's only 20 chairs in here, you know, it was like you're all first class. You know, sort of like, oh, yeah, here we go, like this. And just like everything was marked. We actually had neighbours calling the cops. Um, I'll never forget, that was really, you know, there's a very dangerous worship service happening down the road. Gosh, if that's what you got to worry about, and we did have the police come in a few times and give us a call and gosh, you know, apprehending real criminals. Um, and so, so there's nothing, you can, you can listen to people preach online, you can read a book, but there's something about corporate worship and when you, start to have, when you start to connect that spirit of understanding, it actually is synonymous with success. Now, um, I was talking to someone, um, I mentioned last week a gentleman called Terry Law. Terry Law was one of the most uh, significant ministries to go into the, beyond the Iron Curtain in the, when it was the USSR, okay? So that's been quite some time now. Uh, it's now Russia. And then you've got your Kazakhstan, your Ukraine, all that sort of stuff. But it was the United Socialist Soviet Republic. And so he went in there and it was quite dangerous. And the Lord really, really spoke to him. And he speaks about, this, this is an element of understanding, is that he talks about uh, rockets and warheads. Now, the, now, for those who don't know the difference, is you've got your intercontinental ballistic missiles, you've got your cruise missiles, you've got your Scud missiles, but literally you've got a rocket. And back in the day, they, they, someone will give you a real basic instruction and you're like, what? And you go, hey mate, it's not rocket science. Okay, that was considered, now it's, not, now it's like, hey mate, it's not neuro, you know, neurosurgery, but it's not rocket science. So they would, um, uh, um, I was gonna say, I do remember one time, well, it's actually happened more than once, the Gulf War in 1991. Oh my gosh, that is a long time ago. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was George Bush Senior, Saddam Hussein. And I do remember driving past where you drive out the, um, one of those aha moments in life is CNN was doing the coverage and you, you got all the first time, you got all, the, all the, the drone footage when you seen these bombs hit. And I remember coming down the freeway and you got those giant weird looking pointy things in front of that service station. Who knows what I'm talking about? I remember seeing graffiti saying World War Three live on CNN, right? And I'm going, oh, is this World War Three? Oh gosh. And, and so I do remember once Saddam Hussein was actually sending SCUD missiles over into Israel. And there was more than one occasion where the missile would break through the roof of a house, land in the house, but not explode. That's, the, that's a rocket landing in your house. That's not a bomb, that's just a rocket. So you get a bit of damage in the ceiling, get a bit of damage in the walls and the floor, probably a bit of dust, but that's all that's going to happen unless you have a, war, unless you have a warhead. You have that explosive device on the end of the rocket then it's not gonna, it's not gonna cut it. So, so Terry Law was, was, was teaching, 
He's saying rockets are praise, prayer, and preaching. They are launching devices to go into enemy territory, prayer, praise, and preaching. But what happens if all of your preaching is just anecdotes and personality quotas and stories and just sort of like super uh, uh, um, seeker-friendly stuff. People go, oh yeah, that was a good meeting. There's no warhead on the end of the, of the rocket. And, and so, so, so praise, preaching and prayer are warheads, uh, are rockets, sorry, but warheads are the Name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus and the Word of God. There's something, you know, the, the, the Lord, I'm very, very like, we're not, especially when I do a crusade, I'm very, very, very careful uh, and to, to frame up the atmosphere with the Word of God. And I, I say, Lord, I just thank You that signs and wonders follow the preaching of Your Word. And so I've got such faith in that Scripture because the Lord's there not to back up my ministry. He's there to back up His Word. Angels perform the Word of the Lord. So we tell stories and anecdotes on a prophetic level to draw people in. However, if there's no, there's no, I understand what they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of the Testimony, but there's no power like the Word of God, the Name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You know, an old song that you could probably sing maybe once every two years was Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. You know, like we did that not long ago and it's powerful, it's so confronting. You know, some people almost, they're, sitting, like they're almost getting a bit giddy, like, oh, is this legal? We're confronting the enemy. But the blood of Jesus is against the enemy. There's something about putting faith in the blood of Jesus, putting faith in the Name of Jesus, putting the names of God, especially the, obviously the Name of Jesus in my Name. And rather than just quoting the Name of Jesus on the end of a, of, of a statement, we've got to make sure, are we in His Name? Are we in His Name, okay? And, but in regards to understanding, nothing brings understanding that informs our praise like the Word of God. The more you know the Word of God, the Logos, the easier it is to hear from God. Know God, let Him lead you. You know, if people don't know the Word and they say, I think the Holy Spirit told me something and it's completely wacky, you know they don't know their Bible. There's something powerful. If you want to, if you want incredible encounters with the Lord, learn to camp in Scripture, because it changes your inner world. The, the Bible's very confronting. It's very confronting. You know, let God be true and every man a liar. You know, when you're in, the, in the, just the raw presence of God, try making excuses. You know, everything is laid open bare, bare and exposed before Him to whom we must give an account. And so, so we, if, we want to, if we want to infuse understanding into our praise, we have to camp in God's Word. Now, Psalm 119, this is really, really powerful. If we can put this up. It says, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies. Just, just look at that for a second. For they are ever with me. Now we're gonna drill down on this. A lot of us want deliverance. We want to live, you know, like free from this stuff. But the Lord prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. Because we are in a generation, we, we, blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for my fingers for battle. 
is that we are in a context, a cosmic context. I love what Dan Duval said, God's gonna use an earthly conflict to solve a cosmic problem. God's using, using an earthly conflict to solve a cosmic problem. But here we want to, our enemies to be dealt with, but I think quite often is God wants us to become way bigger than the situation. It says that for, for, uh, you through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever with me. Yep. I have more, what was the word? Sorcal, all right. I have more Sorcal than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. Reading the Bible is not hard, meditating is. Meditating is a constant. Meditating, there's more in the Bible about meditating on Scripture than there is reading it. It says meditate, 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 chew on it, ruminate on it, repeat it. So I have more understanding than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand, I saw Cal more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. So you have here, can we go back to the top part? Firstly, we've got, uh, uh, um, through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I find it interesting what it looks like. It, it, it says at the end of Romans, the, the, the God of peace will swiftly crush Satan under your feet. And we know that's taken place at, at Calvary, but we get the opportunity to, to engage from a place of victory and then we engage into a place of battle. And so we, we get to become wiser than our enemies, but it's through the Word of God, through your commandments. So it's engaging it. So through your Word, we become wiser than as enemies. Next part of that, please. I'm, this is important. I have more SoCal than, uh, uh, than my teachers. Why? Because we meditate on God's testimonies. So here's an interesting one. I had a good conversation today about teachers. Now, I find it really interesting. One of the ascension gifts and a really big deal is teaching. But then you have scriptures that are held in, in tension with that. And it says in 1 John, it says, but you, you have no need that anyone should teach you for you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. So what we've got to do is that, can you imagine like if I was teaching you rubbish? And then, like, I'm not, I'm not exactly trying to impart the gift of paranoia and a, and a critical spirit. But it would behoove us is to take what is taught, whether it's illuminate, whether it's online, whether it's here, and then we actually walk it through with the Holy Spirit because here it actually says, I have more understanding than all my teachers because I have personally engaged through the Spirit of God, God's absolute personal source code, which is the Logos. So this is where I can hear something and I'm go sometimes I'm going, wow. I mean, when someone's moving in that realm of teaching, see, in the realm of the Spirit, this is one aspect of teaching. You go, this, this is part of my life, it's locked up. And then what happens is someone is grabbing massive supernatural keys and they're throwing them into the audience, into the congregation, into the ecclesia, and they're taking these keys and you go, oh my goodness, that got quickened to me. That key got quickened to me to unlock something I've been in bondage with for decades. 
That's how powerful teaching is. But just to sit there and rote learning, someone is teaching me, hey, we've actually got to take what's being taught and we've got to ruminate. We've got to, we've got to meditate on it and hold it on the inside of us. Because what if someone is, is, is teaching something for, and, and they've put an overemphasis on one area and they haven't rightly divided, etc. So that's important. So it says, because... Uh, 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 it says, I am what, because I'm into your commandments, Lord, into your word, I'm wiser than my enemies because they're always with me. I personally think we get to be way bigger than the enemy. I'm in darkness. I'm in glory, destroying darkness. I really am convinced of that, right? And then we have meditating on his testimonies, which actually, uh, uh, what that does is that that spirit of understanding is, makes us wiser than our teachers, now, this is another interesting thing. There are things that don't sort of ch- change, uh, like Jesus is God. He is the only way to the Father. You must be born from above. Uh, the just shall live by faith, baptised in water, all those things. But if you believe every single thing from about the Kingdom of God that you did 20, 30 years ago, then you're not growing. You're not growing. And you'll be on a journey with the Spirit of the Lord. Now, I remember once, and I'm not saying this in situ or I'm saying not in lieu of personal mentoring, but Paul said, he said, there's not many fathers, you've got thousands of instructors, not many fathers. And I had a conversation with Patricia King quite some time ago and I said, okay, I wasn't asking you to mentor me, but I was, I mean, she's an amazing woman of God, but I said, how do you do it, Patricia? How do you do it? And she said, what I find, Todd, is that God will really use someone powerfully in a given season through a teaching or a book that I've never met. And I throw myself into that teaching and I weigh it up with Scripture, inspires me, it's prophetic, it informs me, it informs me, it gives me keys. But combined with receiving instruction, whether it's in print form, electronic form or audio, right, is that you hold those things in tension and you allow the Holy Spirit to walk things through. Who knows what I'm talking about? And this is the benefit of, of this, this age is that we get access because of technology to so much information. So we've got to be really, really wise with it. And then uh, um, you have that understanding and you be, can be wiser than your teachers. And then, <laughs> and then what does it say? What was the last bit? I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. That's now doing it that's actually now applying it. And so that's the journey. You can, do, you can do Luminate, right? And sort of like you get, in, this, this is what we, we, with the interns, we say, listen, you've got to walk this out. You cannot replace information with personal discipline. You cannot, because the Lord, the, you, you meet God more in the mundane than you do in the instruction. You meet Him, when you gotta walk it out, you go, wow, Sunday was strong. I felt God, I'm inspired. And you wake up and the next morning, there's a spirit going like this. And then you learn to sit at the Lord's table in the presence of your enemies. That's where you learn. We can teach, but we can't train. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. Training is on the job. Training is when you do what you've gotta do when no one's around. That's training. And this, we, 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 it's, it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some, but even more as you see the day approaching. We need to get together as the ecclesia for, for corporate worship and edification and encouragement. 
But most of the stuff happens when no one's around. That's when the teaching happens. That's when the, the, the instruction takes place. That's when the Lord's training you. He says, remember what was taught on a Wednesday. Do you remember what was taught on a Sunday? Now go and apply that. So, so if we want to infuse understanding into our praise, so we actually have warheads on our rockets, we actually have to go to the source code of supernatural life, understanding, wisdom and power. That is the Logos. Can someone say Amen? So can someone say Amen? Okay, there you go. Nice whisper. All right. All right, so. So here's one of the things that's, that's uh, a, carries a spirit of understanding. And I had to learn this the hard way really quickly. But let me just pause and meditate. Is that no matter how we couch it, no matter how we disassociate, is that we are in a context while we're in these physical bodies, we're in a war. We are in a war. And in, war, in wars are winners and losers. All right? I'd like to think people get a participation award. But people will win or people will lose. This is why uh, uh, um, the Lord uses, says we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. There are winners and losers. I've seen people make bad choices. And I believe, I, my personal thing is, uh, you know, gosh, if you want to drive me nuts, let's just sit down and thrash out Calvinism versus Armenianism. I'm just like, really, there is a reality of predestination. However, there is a real thing called apostasy and backsliding. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it's a phenomenon. No, but there, there's something powerful about when you say yes and receive Jesus but then people make terrible choices. And they, 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 you know, I believe that when you say yes, you, your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're born from above, and you've yoked yourself to the winner. Can someone say amen? But within that macro reality, you can make poor, poor choices and people can have their life cut short in this, you know, while you're physically here. You know, this is a really interesting one. And I do, I do love, I do love, do love wrecking theology. That's so fun. That's a fun thing to do. Remember the other week I was talking about how David Hogan raised this person from the dead in a village and the person was dead for three days. And when they came back from the dead, as they drew their first breath, they started praying in tongues. But they didn't do the sinner's prayer. And they didn't say, they didn't have someone in the background playing keyboard. So put on the pads, please. No, 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 that was an example, all right. <laughs> All right, they didn't have someone playing keyboard and they didn't have the sort of like, you know, and confess and believe he's raised from the dead. They come out of hell and they come into praying in tongues. This is a, a young person in a village. Well, here's another one that's really interesting. We had this guy who um, spoke at our church, Adam connected with him and he absolutely, you know, he, what his favourite ministry was, who remembers Robert Schuller, Crystal Cathedral? Quite some time ago, yeah. And anyway, he, um, he got saved at a, at a Nikki Cruz crusade. Nikki Cruz, I mean, that's like a while ago, uh, beginning a teen challenge. And he went, there was a meeting in Australia and this guy went forward and he received Jesus by faith. Um, now what, what took place is after that, 
I, I don't know about follow-up. I don't know, you know, what went on. But I sat down, had lunch with him. Adam connected with him as well. And he said yes to Jesus. But from that day on to when we met him, oh, no, 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 maybe decades, he didn't attend church once. Didn't attend church once. And you're like, oh, how can he be saved? Then what happened, he is in hospital and he gets a massive heart attack. And you're thinking, mm, didn't go to church, he had it coming. Uh, and so what happened, he left his body and he starts going out into the, not the multiverse, there was no light, it was in the universe. He's describing, as he's describing, when people talk about their NDEs, near-death experiences, they start getting emotional because you can, there's, a, there's a glory on it, the love of God. And he starts getting emotional. And then as he goes past the moon, he can just see this man standing in the universe like this. He gets closer and closer and closer, right? And it's Jesus standing there like this. And he said, it's not your time. He said, I want you to go back because you're gonna have a son and I want him going into the world. That's why you've got to go back. And so he gets sent back. He gets sent back. Um, and so he sort of start, uh, uh, um, has a bypass operation or something like that, slow recovery. And then he ends up having a son. And, um, and, and that's why he was sent back to the earth. And you're going, wow, he, he received the Lord. And then he didn't go to a church for decades. And after that, he was very, he was, you know, went to church regularly and he spoke at our church. But then you get people who make choices, poor choices. And even though your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life, people make choices where their destiny in this life is cut short. Friends, we're in a place where there are winners and losers. There are winners and losers. Jesus has already won, but we've got to make our choices to connect with Him. You get choices like, gosh, I've just seen just too many shockers. And so it's not the fact that people make poor choices, is it that we literally have an enemy of our souls who hates us. I remember the, the, the uh, conversation with a woman who led me to Christ and uh, um, she, I, would have been, I would have been, I was such a greenhorn, I would have been saved maybe six weeks. She said, Todd, the devil hates you. And I'm like, what have I done to him? You know, 18 year old bozo. Born again, bozo, and, and and so like, what have I done? What have I done? Like she goes, no, no, you don't understand. There is an enemy of your soul, and this is what it's like. The spirit of understanding actually is able. You go, but I'm a lover, not a fighter. You don't get a choice. <laughs> what? Why, why are those things mutually exclusive? Sometimes you have to fight for love, and I'm talking about you know dead works and earning it, all that sort of stuff. But a spirit of understanding knows that there are obstacles to overcome. Trials are not our destiny, they're just our promotions. That's really, really what it is. So a spirit of understanding connects with our faith and it empowers our faith. This is why there's so much, there's so much militant language from Genesis all the way through to uh, Revelation, you know, that the, you, you, you're gonna, he's gonna bruise your heel, but you're gonna crush his head. That's not like, that's not cuddly. That's not cuddles. And then you start reading the rest of the New Testament and you sort of like start twitching. And even Book of Genesis, my goodness. <laughs> 
people didn't fulfil their obligations, got struck down, then you got the book of Judges, and then, oh my gosh, you know, like it, you've got to sort of like, if you, you, you got little kids saying, where shall I learn? The, 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 the oracles of the Lord, Dad. Don't start with the book of Judges, that'd be a really, really good idea, okay? And, and, and just stay away from Revelation till you're a teenager. Anyway, so, so this is something that I wanna just finish up and, and just, just drill down on. And, and we are in a generation where, my goodness, we've just, I, I praise God I'm alive now. I praise God, I really am so grateful. But we are in a, in a, a struggle that's pretty much, it's, it, it just, it's gone from, from zero to 100 in, in, from since 2020, to be honest. Like I said, when you're talking the monarchy, gender neutral, at the moment you go like this, at the moment you go, that is cuckoo. But what happens when it starts getting backed by legislation, people can go to jail because I didn't recognise that someone was a cat or someone wasn't a, you know, a giant fairy or, no. like this, this, is, this is really happening. And all of a sudden, like, you're, you're looking at this, this potpourri of communism, technocracy, uh, all these, like, 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 like the occult, uh, all this sort of crazy stuff and it's, and, it's, and it's like you go, we are in a fight. So 1 Timothy 6.12, it says this. This is, this, is, this is putting understanding in your praise. So there's a lot at stake praising God. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay a hold of eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Go back to the first bit. Fight the fight of faith. But I'm a lover and not a fighter. Well, let the love of God empower your fight. Now, this is important because with, in regards to fighting, people, we get it so wrong. We are so, this, we, I understand dyslexia is a modern phenomenon maybe, who knows. I remember with dyslexia, I have dyslexic moments, you know, the, the <laughs> I do, I, get, I do the you know, back to front type thing. But you get people who are so gentle with the devil and so mean on people. And there's a lot of people like that. They, give, they, 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 they don't, they, they go, oh. They, 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 they really are hard on people, but they're not hard on the enemy. And they give the enemy so much room to move and then they get angry and upset with people. We need spiritual discernment and understanding. It says fight the fight or the good fight of faith. The reason it's the good fight is Jesus has won. Jesus has won. You can't meditate too much on that. You cannot look at, uh, you know, behold uh, the risen King too much. You can't do that too much, but it's within a military context. And that context, understanding that is understand is what understanding it informs our praise and empowers our praise and puts puts a, a, a rocket, uh, um, puts warheads on our, on our you know, our, our, our rockets basically into, into continental ballistics. So it says, I fight the good fight of faith. The word here is very interesting. I wanna know if you can pick up what may be the English derivative of this word. So in the Greek, it is agonizomai. <laughs> Agoniz, uh, agonizomai, sorry. Ag, agoniz, don't judge me. Okay, uh, agonizomai. That's what it says. Maybe I should say this, do this at the same time. That's, so, so, 
So it actually, it actually means to, to fervently strive, to contend with, to struggle with an adversary. Now, this is, this is really, really interesting because this is what it means. It's, it, there is literally, there's a fight and I'll tell you what it is. You get born again or born from above and your spirit gets, is positioned in Christ in heavenly places, but your conscious awareness is of a fallen world. And the fight of faith isn't actually fighting the devil, it's actually laying a hold of what God said is true in the face of opposite circumstances. That's what the fight of faith is. So you're not even fighting the devil, you're definitely not fighting people, you're fighting the fight of faith. You know, what happens, like, it, now this is where it gets even more interesting because it says in, it says in um, Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So here we got the first word fight. Gosh, I hate saying these words, which in the Greek is agonizomahi. Okay, the zomahi apocalypse. All right, so means to struggle to contend with an, an adver adversary to fervently strive. But similarly, it says, wrestle not against, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. The word wrestle actually is palay. And what it actually means, if you break it down, it's only used once in the New Testament. So the word to wrestle against the demonic, this is, we're talking the context of our praise, infusing it with understanding there's a military aspect to it. The word wrestle means to vibrate to vibrate. You go, what's the difference? Let's just, if we were to break it down to, again, quantum or physics, Newtonian or quantum physics, what's the difference between strong anointing and the glory? Maybe the frequency of the vibration. Isn't that interesting? So what we've got to do, we've got to carry, is that we, we, we actually got to carry that sense. We always, God always leads us in triumph, the victory, the joy, the overcoming, the fruitfulness in the face of lack, the joy in the face of sorrow, uh, beauty for ashes per se. And so there's something about, you, 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 when you're being in the presence of the Lord, it's not often you're gonna have to be talking to devils because you're sort of like, <laughs> can you imagine like you walk into a meeting, the atmosphere changes and you're sort of like going, and then what are you doing? Going, I'm vibrating victory. It's, but that's, you carry it. So we, we, we vibrate not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual hosts of wickedness. The enemy wants to talk you out of the already accomplished victory. The enemy isn't the main thing. And people definitely aren't. Is that, is that, is that once you lay a hold of the fact is that my goodness, my God always leads us in triumph. Triumph actually means a Roman procession where you're celebrating a conquered foe. You're actually praising God like it's real, manifests it in a very real way. This is, this is, it, it, it's, that, that's, what, that's, that's what takes place, you know. Uh, um, you, you act like the Bible's true. Act like the Bible's true. And the easiest way is to praise God. And not just praise God going, wow, I've really memorised a lot of songs. It's actually being perfected in praise where you're carrying that substance of victory and joy. And the quickest, most the way to expedite breakthrough or, or, or promotion, whatever, is praising 
God. It is so much more expansive and so much more complete than we understand. So we do not vibrate against flesh and blood, but against, uh, uh, but against principalities and powers. But then again, it's about fighting the fight of faith. It's the fact that the enemy has been made an open spectacle. So this is how we, we apply it to praise. This is how we apply it. And oh, this is just a te- this is teaching, it's instructional, it's prescriptive. And we're about to go, uh, you know, we've still got our Sunday services, but we don't have Tuesday nights or Tabernacle of David from next week for two weeks. That being said, you, can, you know, the Lord is with you everywhere you go. And um, if, I, if I can't make it into the physical building on a day, it doesn't mean, like, well, Lord, I can't praise you today. You know, um, I can't make it down to Maylands. So now that I've, I've been fishing once, I am truly an expert. People go, I love fishing. We got great fishing, you know, especially York Peninsula. But Lawrence goes, you wanna come fishing? I said, yeah, I'll just let you know, I've never fished before. So you go, what, what? You know, you got guys looking at me going, what is your problem? He's probably thinking, wow, he's already, you know, maybe he, he's got some pronouns. And basically it's like this. It, it, it's, I just, just did, I am an absolute russet on landlubber. Okay, and I just just never just never been that cultural opportunity. So what happened is that we went out fishing a few weeks ago, chartered a boat, went out quite um, uh, quite a ways. I don't know, maybe fifteen kilometres offshore, chartered a boat, and we weren't sitting on the edge of a jetty hoping we get some squid bite, bite into a piece of plastic. We went right out there, and I just I remember I said, "Tell me some of your crazy stories." Okay, I feel like I was in the movie Jaws, you know, sitting around telling stories. And he goes, every time you see a great white, he said, you, you never tire of it. You're always in awe. What a, what a, who's ever seen a great white real, like live? Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're, they're the oh, apex predator. Um, he said, the one time they were getting this snapper, they're pulling in this snapper real quick. And there, there's like the, the edge of the boat. And then you've got a rail and they're pulling in this snapper. snapper's like struggling like crazy, pulled it in like this and the great white launches through the air and it gets its teeth, its jaws stuck in the railing. Like it launched like a t- torpedo after the snapper right for this guy like this. And he's sort of like, after changing his underwear, he basically, hey, like, like, you know, you're hearing all these crazy stories and we're going out and it was like really, <clears throat> and then, then all of a sudden, like this is a charter, so they're, they're baiting your, your, your hooks and whatnot. And so we're going after uh, uh, whiting. And so you pay a little bit of money, I must admit. And, um, and then they got yeah, little, their radar and they, this is a good spot over here. And so a whole, whole nother world. Anyway, and uh, I was with my son. He was one of the people on, on deck. And how you going? Yeah, I'm all right. How you going? Yeah, I'm all right. How you going? Yeah, I'm all right. Next minute. Okay. So Technicolor yawn, all of that sort of stuff. So, um, and then we, we throw our rods over and um, throw our lines over and then basically, see, I'm just only done it once. Sort of, whoa, what do I do next? You threw the whole thing in, mate. Sort of like, oh, is there another one? No, nah, you're a spectator now, plus you owe me some money. Anyway, <coughs> just throw, the, throw your rods in. I thought that, I thought you said rods. Anyway, so, so basically, basically is um, um, uh, they're, they're, they're biting and I'm sort of like, I'm like, like I was like a man like, 
like this to the point <laughs> the lure would just fly out of the out of the water and it's sort of like people it's like a Matrix movie, someone's next to me and this is these hooks like thinking, bro, chill. Like this. My son's laughing at me because he's way more experienced than me. He's been twice. Anyway, <laughs> he's telling me this is how you do it, Dad. All right, no worries. <laughs> anyway, um, start, they started biting, and then you could, you know, the rod starts bending and, and going all nuts. And then I just, they were biting, and I was letting them get off. And, and then after a while, I got the hang of it. And, um, and then, you know, um, they started coming in quite regularly, and we banged out after two hours, which is not normal. So, uh, like, it was a successful day. So, what happens is when we start, now maybe, it depends, you might be a really experienced angler. But when you engage praise, you start to praise God, you're just throwing your line in the water. Okay, you might not feel anything, but there's a guaranteed way that you'll never get a fish if you don't throw that line in the water. You've got to throw that line in the water and you might not get a fish, but you're guaranteed to not get a fish if you don't throw your line in the water. But when you start praising God, you're more aware of the song you're singing than the God you're singing to. This is why we get perfected in praise is because we start to realise is the praises that we sing are merely a vehicle to bring us into intimate experiential proximity where our spirit is already connected before the throne of God in the sea glass. And then what happens is that all of a sudden you're worshipping the Lord and all of a sudden, whoa, whoa, there's a, you're now in a reciprocal encounter where you can feel His presence and you can feel Him, you might go into the sea realm, you might feel something break off of you, you might, you might feel a level of glory. Now there's something on the end of the line, now there's tension on the end of the line. And what happens is depending how experienced you are, do I keep praising God? Or now that I'm in the strong presence, do I just wait? Or do I, what, what do I, and, and that, and you've just got to keep putting your line in the water. See, when people choose not to engage praise as a lifestyle, they limit the pathways of heaven invading a time-space world. It says in Psalm 22, it says, God dwells in the praises of His people. He inhabits, He's married to, He dwells. And we're talking about the year 2023 and so many hectic things happening. So when we live in, when we, we become perfected in praise, we start to engage in that realm of the cloud of the Lord. And this is what's so exciting because you can do that anywhere, but as you cultivate it, you start to engage it more and more and more. You carry the fragrance of praise. The, God leads you in triumph, but you've got to consistently put the line in the water. What if you put the line in the water four out of five days? And then you go, oh, you know, I'm not really getting much out of this. These are ancient paths. We, we, you know, if, you won't get any fish if you don't put the, the line in the water. But then what happens if you get a whopper? What happens if you get like, you, you, that you, you actually have that encounter? See, see, where you start to get saturated in praise is that what Paul says, we always carry around. God always leads us in triumph and we diffuse the fragrance of victory. We diffuse the fragrance of praise because we've engaged praise with the spirit of understanding. And so, like I said, you know, you're, you're hearing from straight from a fishing expert now about how life is. And I would say one of the, besides Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail, you've actually got the goodness and the promises of God. And rather than just having them percolating in the background, 
the Lord said, no, 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 no. Heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You, in, Rather than something percolating in the background as in, in a form of a one day, one day, one day, one day, why don't, I think the invitation has come up here and I must show you the things that must surely take place. We start to praise God like crazy and apart from Silas and, well, it's actually there's a number of amazing examples, Jehoshaphat and uh, 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 Paul and Silas, the Philippian jail. But I chose to, I chose to do this because at the moment right now is that, that, that there are things, when I, when I look at, read the news, when I look at, I should have shared about the, 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 the gender neutral pronouns. <laughs> I mean, who, who thinks it's madness? Come on, just be real. It's, it's madness, you know? And what happens is almost after that, you need to take a shower. <laughs> Seriously, in, in the presence of the Lord, in, the, in, in worship and praise, you, you really, really have to. But here what you've got is that the word faith is barely used in the whole Old Testament. It, the words predominantly trust. But then it actually pops up in this book called Habakkuk, which, which Paul quotes into Romans, just to live by faith. So Habakkuk here, he embodies what it is to be connected to the Lord through faith, not the new covenant, very, very different deal. But, and his, his natural circumstances do the opposite. Can we do Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19? Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though, uh, uh, though the labour of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be uh, cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So he's laid a hold of understanding. I will joy in the God of my salvation. So he knows he's saved for he is my strength and he will make my feet like a deer's feet and he will make me walk in the high places. So he starts realising, he's going, look, the natural is here, but there's a spiritual dimension where I can, in spite of what I see, I can lay a hold of the God of my salvation. He is my strength but He's gonna cause me to go on these high places. You know, I'm really, really challenged that so many people under an inferior covenant have actualized way more. You know, what we have is so superior, is so superior that Jesus said, none greater, born amongst women, none greater than John the Baptist, but the least under the new creation in Him realities, the least is greater than what John the Baptist has. And yet they were able to lay a hold of such incredible realities. And I would put it down to this, is that they knew how to praise God. They knew from, from the Song of Ascents all the way through to what King David brought to the table, all the way through the Song of, uh, 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 the song of Moses, not just the one in Revelation 15, but the one in Exodus 15. They knew how to praise God because they intertwined it with understanding and rather than just have some empty rocket go into the enemy's camp, then we'll just dodge that. You actually wanna load that thing up with, with nuclear capability, with the Word of God, with the Name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus. And this is why, this is why cultivating this is so exciting. See, see is, there, is there another way? Okay, this is what I, I like bringing it down. I like, I like corralling it into a singular element and that's this there is no other way than faith and praise is the language of faith there's no other way you can't the just shall live by faith 
And faith lays a hold of the Word of God like it's true over contradicting natural circumstances or feelings. And the quickest way to connect with the realm of faith is to praise God. And it's the amount of rubbish and junk flying around in the atmosphere, inner world stuff, external stuff, prevailing atmosphere. So easy, if you're not engaging, you start to, the pendulum on the grandfather clock actually starts to synchronise with the darkness. And then all of a sudden you've got no unity in the, in the, in the church, church in fighting. But when, see, it's, it's, it's about connecting people to the Lord. And see, in Christ there's already unity in the, in the bond of peace. And this is how we, this is, this is how we do it. We, we praise. This is why the, the tabernacle of David is actually the key to engaging with the power source to see the ingathering of the harvest. So can we put on the worship pads, please? And do we have communion available? We do. Praise God. Praise God. I'm a bit confused when I, I'm in the UK just the day after the Charles's coronation. What is he now? They Majesty? They Royal Majesty? Like it, it wrecks all grammar. What was that? Oh dear. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. You know, when we, was, we started earlier in the year, we started talking on praise in the Tabernacle of David. We, put on, we got people to put on trainer wheels. Sorry. You guys get to do it with no one looking. I've spilt this stuff all over me while I'm talking. It's awesome. And boy, is it sticky. Okay. At the beginning of the year, we got people to Say, can you praise God for 10 minutes a day, two or three times a day? If you can't do that, overcoming is going to be rough. And we are high priests, no, not high priests, we are priests, we're kings and priests according to the order of Melchizedek, Jesus being our high priest. And we're to offer up the spiritual sacrifices. And He's building us up into a holy temple, we're living stones. If we can't allow the Spirit of God to perfect us in this, you're looking at toil. You're looking at toil. And I found, this is what I found is this, is if I can give my heart to the Lord, as in yield to Him, I find that's really the thing He wants. And praising God is the quickest way to do it. You don't have to have a great voice. You don't. You don't have to have a great voice. You can make it just a joyful noise. Even if it's like, eh, but the Lord goes, there's joy in that. He will receive it like, Incense, but he wants us to be perfected, and we were saying, and as we've been talking about tonight, we praise God with understanding. Then the tabernacle of David, and then the, the ark of the covenant, how that was set up while the tabernacle of Moses was on another mountain, and how everyone had access to it, could just worship around the clock. And this is why the, the power source we just have to stay connected, we just have to stay connected. Just for a minute, I just want you to look at your communion and I want you to just start to verbally thank 
the Lord. Can you just do that? Now it's got to actually come out of your mouth in the form of noise and it's got to rest, register on a decimeter somehow. This is not meditation time. Can you just, <laughs> and, and yeah, not a hundred decibels though, but, but, but just, just, start to, just start to thank the Lord for the shed blood and His broken bodies. Just start to do that. I won't do it because I'll start to dominate the sound in the, in the room. Open your mouth and start to thank the Lord what He's given you and blessed you just for a minute. Come on, come on. For the finished work of what He's done at Calvary. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank You, Lord. Mm. Mm. Spirit of understanding. Spirit of understanding. Holy Ghost, thank You. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Mm. Holy Ghost. Ah, thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Who can believe that your next five years are gonna be greater than your last 20 years? Come on. Your next five years greater than your last 20 years. Start to thank God for it, seriously. You send your praise out in front of you. That's what Judah means. Judah was the tribe that went out first into the Promised Land. Holy Ghost, thank You. Thank You for critical mass. Thank You for tipping point. Thank You for multiplication. Thank You for grace. Thank You for joy. Thank You, Lord. Lord, You're good and Your mercies endure forever. Thank You, Lord. Holy, 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 thank You. Your Word is true. Thank You. We should know the truth and knowing the truth will set us free. And whoever the Son sets free is free indeed, Lord. Thank You. Thank You. You are good and Your mercies endure forever. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Mm. Lord, bless this communion to our bodies. Thank You in Jesus' Name. Friends, the last thing I'll say is this. I would say two seasons that were connected to the most powerful seasons of transformation in my life is when I went after concentrated praise. When I was in my 20s and maybe four years ago. And the Lord said, you will not get through this without praising me. And I just started to praise Him and took me to a whole nother place. I spoke last week to the interns about soul fatigue. 
and how we get so consumed with our desires, we pull our desires out of God and isolate them without a power source. And we constantly have unmet desires because we've extracted it from the power source that is the Lord. When you cultivate praise, everything stays within that power source. And you get angels ascending and descending. That's why Jacob's ladder is out, offer up the sacrifice and the glory would come down. And when you cultivate praise, you get provision, you get power, you get a manifest grace in Jesus' Name. God bless you guys.